Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Deadpool 2. We're getting close. You all know the drill. Intercept the convoy. Watch out for cable. Hit it! There's this kid. He's in trouble. Move or die. Pump the hate brakes, Thanos. I ain't letting cable get to him. But I can't do this alone. We need backup. We're gonna form a super duper fucking group. It's time to get back on LinkedIn. Meet Bedlam. My name's Shatterstar. Domino, I'm lucky. Luck isn't a superpower. It's certainly not very cinematic. Yes, it is. Let's meet in the middle and say no, it isn't. Fuck it. It's showtime. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants. What the fuck does it be? Making the tears rain down like a monsoon. Listen to my face go boom. Uh huh. Fucking hero. You're just a clown. You're dressed up as a sex toy. So dark. You sure you're not from the DC universe? Bring it on one night, Willie. Ooh! Yeah! Your bullets. They're really fast. And last but not least, Peter. Any power you want to tell us about? I don't, I don't have one. Um, I, I just saw the ad. You're in. All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Deadpool 2, and the story is as follows. Wisecracking mercenary Deadpool joins forces with some new mutants to protect a boy from the all-powerful Cable. The film is starring Ryan Reynolds, Josh Brolin, Morena Baccarin, Julian Dennison, Zazie Beetz, TJ Miller, Brianna Hildebrand, and Jack Kessie. It is directed by David Leach and written by Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick, and Ryan Reynolds. Joining me for this review, I have Liam Heffernan. Hello. And Danilo Castro. How's it going? All right, so Deadpool 2, everyone. The much-anticipated sequel from the studio that killed Wolverine. (gasps) Spoiler (laughs) alert. Speaking of spoilers, we are going to have a spoiler section for this review to discuss some of the unexpected moments that do occur in this movie that we want to definitely not ruined for people when they're listening to our main thoughts so liam you were the one who wrote the review for the website i figured we could start off with you what did you ultimately think of deadpool 2 well probably anyone who's read the review uh, won't be surprised to know that i absolutely love the film uh, i thought it was 
much, much better than Deadpool 1. Though I love Deadpool 1, um, I, I think this just took it in a direction that it needed to go to sustain potentially um, a, a long series of, of Deadpool films. That's a good point. Yeah, no, I, I am in agreement with you on that. I, I think that there are some things that this film does better. Um, some mistakes that this film makes that the first one made as well. Um, it's one of the reasons why I can't say I think it's better than the original, but I also can't say it's worse. I would rank them pretty evenly for different reasons. Is, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I see what you see what you mean. I, I, I don't go wrong. There's not a lot of difference between the two, but I, Deadpool two kind of marginally wins it for me. Mm-hmm. Danilo, what about you? Um, I feel about the same that uh, you do, Matt. I think it's it, it it corrects some things that the first one has, but then it also kind of diminishes in certain regards. Um, so I might still give the edge to the first one, even though I think there were certain things that made me laugh harder or certain things that I was a little more shocked by in this one. Yeah, no, um, this movie definitely has some surprises in it, as I was mentioning before, um, that really do take the plot into some unexpected directions. And I wouldn't expect anything less from uh, a film, you know, centered around the Deadpool character. You know, he is unorthodox. He is surprising. He is loud, vulgar, obnoxious. Suffice to say, if you didn't like Deadpool 1, you're not going to like Deadpool 2. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, and, and, and you know, I have heard some exceptions to this. I have heard some people say, didn't like the first one, really liked the second one. And when I asked um, why this was, and um, I, I talked to several people about this, a lot of them mentioned how the aspect of this no longer having to be an origin story really, really helped the storytelling and that this actually had more of a plot. I, I can see that being a thing. I know I've seen that kind of complaint too. Like, oh, you know, for the first one being so so kind of self-critical and everything, it, it's still pretty generic in terms of following the, the origin story. Um, yeah, I, w- I would I would agree. I could agree with that. I could see where that maybe would draw someone in where the first one was like, oh, but it's still kind of following the same beats, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, let, let's start off with um, going by the actors here really quickly. So newest addition to the cast is Josh Brolin playing Cable. Much anticipation around his casting initially. And with him now playing Thanos, which is now regarded by many as probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, villain that the MCU has ever experienced. What were your expectations now heading into Deadpool after you know, Avengers Infinity War comes out and what Josh Brolin could bring to this character. And what did you guys ultimately think of his portrayal in the end? It's an odd choice, isn't it? Like Josh Brolin just agreeing to to be um, Kane after playing Thanos. I would have thought he'd, he'd know that he'd be quite typecast after Infinity War, but I'm glad he did. He, he brought a lot to the film and... You know, he's kind of become the Marvel villain now, hasn't he? Yeah, in a way, yeah. <laughs> if you need a good Marvel villain, let's just catch Josh Brolin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they should honestly, like, kind of... Oh, man, I wish there was a way that in Deadpool 3 they could have um, Cable make a return, but also have the villain still be played by Josh Brolin. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what about you, Danilo? What did you think of Josh Brolin in this? Um, I thought he was really good. I, I thought he, he brought a lot to the character with without kind of having so much to play on the page. I think he added a lot. Um, I actually walked away th- uh, wanting a little more of him, and I'm excited for 
where him and Deadpool's relationship goes in like future films. I think they're going to have a really great like like a buddy cop dynamic, which I'm looking forward to getting more of. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely unexpected. It was definitely surprising. I I kind of did feel a bit of a comparison to Thanos in that, you know, he's a sympathetic villain. Mm-hmm. And Josh Berlin was bringing a lot of uh, gravitas and pathos to the performance. So there were times where it was a little hard for me to separate the two. But my favorite aspect about the character. Oh, oh, and wait, before I get to that, also, too, how can you not make uh, a comparison, not just to Thanos, but also to uh, the Winter Soldier as well with the metallic oh, arm, which was, they make reference of in the movie. That was you pretty know? funny. <laughs> they did that a couple of times, I think. It's all there. I mean, it's like it's interesting how he's part Terminator, part Winter Soldier and part Thanos. Yeah, cable. <laughs> and then there was like, and then I got like strong Looper vibes also, like just from like what his goal was. Yeah, was like a lot of different mm-hmm. stuff mixed in. I was thinking the same exact thing. Absolutely, um, he's definitely like the Bruce Willis character in Looper in this for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you know, there's that whole plot element of what if you could go back in time and kill like baby Hitler and stop Hitler from doing what he did. And, you know, other films have explored this before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when you start, like, introducing, oh, God, time travel into your movie, yeah. and you kind of have to explain the rules a bit, it, it really, really starts to become this very slippery slope where well, I, I think Jeff Daniels and Looper says it best when he says this time travel stuff fries your brain like an egg. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it's so so true. What I liked about this is that Deadpool two doesn't attempt to explain it. They give very very little backstory, even though it's quite generic. You know, Cable's going back in time to kill the person who murdered his family, and we don't really under- need to understand the science behind it. We don't really need to understand how it works. The film just kind of allows it all to play out and for us to suspend our disbelief which you know at the core end of it all these movies are not dark like the dc universe as deadpool (laughs) uh funnily funnily enough says to cable at one point they don't take themselves so seriously the deadpool movies but yet surprisingly there is an emotional element to this character in both films um i would say that helps to elevate it above I was going to say pornography but I'm not going to go that far with the content of Deadpool <laughs> but you know it, it does help to bring a bit of maturity to the storytelling I, I agree definitely I think uh, I actually walked away from this movie I think more surprised and impressed by by a lot of the emotional beats more than the jokes even, you know, kind of going in, you're like expecting the jokes. But but a lot of the stuff was actually pretty touching and, and, and well executed, you know, by the by the screenplay and by the actors. So it was kind of, it was a nice bonus to kind of have that emotional backbone. I think the two go hand in hand though, right? Like, and the writers are obviously sensitive enough to the character of Deadpool and where they wanted to take it. The, the those moments in the film that, that do hit hard uh, do so because they're perfectly balanced against the comedy and and the, the the wit that comes before it. Yeah, they're also punctuated too by what is, in my opinion, some spot on soundtrack choices. Yeah, I mean, much like the first film, the music in this is so on point, and they know exactly what their demographic is. They know what the target audience is, 
and they know exactly what they're doing to try to elicit those emotional beats. And yeah, I would argue that they actually play pay off very, very well, despite, you know, it being a bit conventional. Um, it's not really all that complex, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. But we care. We care because there is a commitment from Ryan Reynolds with this character to do him such justice on the big screen and to erase the history of this character from X-Men Origins Wolverine and also, too, his attempt at a superhero in Green Lantern, which (laughs) gets its own literal interpretation in this movie, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I admire what Ryan Reynolds has done for this character and for these two films. I admire it. You know, you can under, you don't have to like it. And I know that there are some people who absolutely despise the content of both of these movies. Mm -hmm. I get that. But I admire the fact that he never gave up on trying to make this version of the character come alive on the big screen. And he will forever be known as this character For the rest of his career, no matter what he does, he will forever be Deadpool. And I do believe that as far as bringing a unique type of character, like a memorable character to the big screen, for me, Ryan Reynolds' performance as Deadpool is something that is very much along the lines of like Johnny Depp playing Captain Jack Sparrow. I think it's iconic at this point. Do you think that um, Ryan Reynolds is naturally very similar to Deadpool or or is Deadpool rubbing off on him because if it's the latter we should probably be keeping a close eye on on what he does next (laughs) I I do believe that there is you know some crossover there for sure I mean Ryan Reynolds is a naturally funny guy very charismatic Um, yeah I wouldn't be surprised if there were some similarities there at all and you know it's funny and I was getting to this before my favorite aspect of Josh Brolin's character in his cable is that he's not charismatic and he's not funny and has no sense of humor. So you were saying before, Danilo, putting those two characters together creates magic. And there are so many moments in this movie where it it does because of that contrast. Yeah, yeah, they're they're great together. They're total kind of uh, yin and yang. And then to your point about Ryan Reynolds kind of having kind of rubbing off on Deadpool or vice versa. I think it's a perfect character because I think when Reynolds tries to be dramatic in other films, it's almost like at the, like you have to sacrifice some of the comedy aspects. Um, I think this allows him to be naturally funny, like you said, but it, it allows him to dig into those serious moments in a way that seems more natural to him, I think than other parts. So it, it definitely is his, his Jack Sparrow, his just like, he can kind of do this in his sleep. And the fact that he puts so much effort into it makes it all the more um, entertaining, I think. Yeah, I mean, there are some um, unexpected emotional moments in this movie where he does have to kind of take it to a more dramatic place. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, th- in the beginning of the movie, he kind of, you know, he really goes for it. I do think the way that director uh, David Leach, who I, I, I have a couple more points to point out about him mm-hmm. later on, um, I do think the way that he shoots that scene um, is a little corny. However, um, at the end of the film, when Ryan Reynolds gets to have a more uh, dramatic beat, um, it's played for laughs, and it's perfect. Yeah. And some people have said that that one particular joke goes on for a little too long, but 
I mean, goddamn, if Ryan Reynolds is not able to keep me invested in it. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it plays uh, very well off of what Logan did last year with um, the character of Wolverine. And yeah. <laughs> it just... Uh, I, I want to talk about more in the spoiler section. For now, um, let's move over to the other characters um, in this movie. So there were a lot of characters that are introduced, a lot of new characters. We have some returning characters as well. We have uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead comes back. We have Colossus who comes back. Um, but we also got some new characters as part of the X-Force. And I, yes, I did just cross my arms when I said that. <laughs> Obviously, our favorite new addition to the X-Force has to be Zazie Beats, right? I mean, she practically almost steals this movie from Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, she was great. She was terrific. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a few years down the line she gets a, a, a standalone film. I, def- I thought she was great, too. Again, it was kind of like the Cable Syndrome where it's like, kind of want a little more Domino almost, you know what I mean? I'm hoping, I'm hoping her role expands along with, along with Brolin's uh, moving, moving ahead. And, you know, her superpower being uh, luck, which... I'll admit when Ryan Reynolds uh, says it's not really cinematic, <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of was thinking the same exact thing. But they play it off like it's Final Destination in this movie. <laughs> she's just a, yeah, she's just a walking Final Destination. <laughs> People are dying left and right, and she's just coasting along. And it's so brilliantly orchestrated and choreographed. Which, um, speaking of choreographed, um. I want to. I want to just talk about one of the things that kind of like. It was such a mixed bag for me in this the way D- David Leach uh, directed this film because, in the opening scene of the film, we have like this one long uh, pullback where Deadpool is fighting uh, these people in the background while in the foreground, this um, mm-hmm. villain is kind of running towards the camera, and we see like this really elaborated sequence of him just dispatching all these goons in slow motion and i'm thinking yes yes this is the kind of like artistic flair that i wanted to see david leach bring to this this is fantastic but then there are other moments in the movie where i thought the action was shot a little too close it was a little muddled i i I could not see like what actually was going on so much and I, I don't know if you guys got that feeling, too, where there were times where the action was really well choreographed and then there were other times where it just wasn't. I think the the nature of the film, there were certain moments where it felt like the action was just there to to set up a punchline. Mm. Uh, are, are you able to are you able to expand upon that without there being spoilers or I, I think there's one there's one particular um, scene where they're fighting on a truck. And mm-hmm. uh, that, to me, there were moments that, that maybe felt a bit forced. Um, it's hard to say much more without spoiling, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fair. I, I know. I think I know exactly what you mean, though. I, I kind of got that vibe early on when he's like, it's like, a, were they in Japan? There's like a fight at the very beginning. Yes. When he's like at that nightclub. And and some of the, the, the bits I was able to catch were impressive. And I, and I laughed a couple of times for some of the, the sight gags. But it was a little at times like, okay, where are we at? Well, you know. It, it, it was it, it was harder to follow than something like John Wick or, or Atomic Blonde. Well, because to me, there's no action fight scene in this movie that tops the car, truck, whatever it was scene in the first one. Mm. You know, where he's oh, beating all yeah. the guys in the car. Yeah. He's like, have you seen this, man? Um, you're right. You're right. <laughs> that th- is there was memorable. nothing in this that for me topped that. 
And I don't know how much of that is Tim Miller, um, you know, who exited the project and David Leach was brought on. I, I do admit yeah. there is more. David Leach like has this um, use of color in his images that you see a lot in Atomic Blonde. You saw it in John mm-hmm. Wick. And, it, you know, it definitely the film looks more um, dynamic than the first film did. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, they didn't go overboard with the budget. Like, yes, there was a budget increase. You could definitely tell while watching that there was a budget increase. <laughs> I yeah. mean, we have an all CGI fight at one point um, between yeah. two characters. But it, it didn't go overboard with his budget. Like, it, this is not Infinity War uh, level CGI at times on like a very epic and grand scale. Um, There are no characters breaking a moon into a thousand pieces and throwing it at the planet. (laughs) But with that said, so, you know, the film's able to maintain some of that charm. But like I said, I I wasn't wowed by the visuals in this as much as I was in the first one where I thought to myself, man, they took that $55 million budget and they got a tremendous amount of production value out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. And then, and then with David Leach signing on and his his kind of history, I think I was going in. I don't know if you were expecting a little more, like, wow, that was a, that was a great fight scene. You know, like that's that was an improvement. But I yeah, I didn't really get that atomic blonde stairways yeah fight scene that I that I wanted. Yeah, I thought that's what he was gonna bring to the table. You know, more than anything. But yeah, I mean, they were good fight scenes. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have that taken out. All right, so now a common complaint about the first Deadpool was how the jokes were kind of like layered on top of each other nonstop, and they just came fast, and they were quick, and there were a lot that many people even missed, and on a rewatch, they were able to catch. Did you guys get a similar feeling with this one, or did you feel the jokes were better spread out this time around? I, I thought there was a that the pacing was a little bit better. I, I there there was definitely an improvement. I think the nature of Deadpool though it's so self-referential and it's so intertextual that I think wherever you look on screen at a particular time or whatever's being said, you're you're going to be looking for a, a a joke or a reference to something. You know? Yeah, I mean, I did feel that they kind of rehashed you know, a, a few too many jokes from the first film, like stuff like the superhero landing, um, Deadpool's ability, ability to regenerate limbs. Although, mm-hmm. admittedly, <laughs> once that, uh, <laughs> once that, <laughs> oh God, comparison wore off, that joke might've been for me the funniest of the entire <laughs> movie. <laughs> but, but I do feel that there are maybe just a tad few too many DC MCU references in this. Um, I was surprised at how many MCU references were actually in this movie. You know, I mean, we had the Thanos joke, the Winter Soldier joke. There's a Hawkeye joke in there. There was a Hawkeye joke, exactly. You know, it. it you know, it gets me thinking a lot about this possible Disney purchase of Fox, and. It kind of makes me wonder, like, what is the future of Deadpool if that happens? Do you think it felt a little less uh, organic than some of the references in the first film? You see, I don't know, because the first film kind of established this world where the breaking of the fourth wall, being very meta and self-referential, pop culture references is, like, now established. I think I was maybe able to ease myself more into it the second time around. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I just don't like that every single line out of his mouth has to be funny to the point where, you know, just like the first film, then depending on your range of humor, sometimes those jokes are going to land and sometimes they're not. Yeah, there were a couple, I would say more consciously, at least on the first go around, there were more jokes this time where I was like, ah, that was an okay one. Where I think more hit, the percentage was higher with the first one. Like there's a Passion of the Christ joke early on that I thought it was just okay. And then just like a couple others where it was just like, eh. But I think it picked up steam as it went on. I remember laughing a little more and more. And then like you said, his regeneration one, I was like, oh, they're doing that again. But that one turned out, I think, to be funnier. Oh, yeah. So not every instance was they improved on it, but there was some where it was like, okay, that that was a funny kind of revisit. And just like in the first one where it was built structurally where we started off in the middle, we have these flashbacks, Mm -hmm. and then we get eventually caught up. Um, The film kind of tries to do that again in the beginning where we have the scene and it's like, let me tell you how I ended up in this moment, you know, like, (laughs) you might be wondering how we got here. Um, (laughs) And, you know, so I I started to say to myself, oh, no, they're going to just copy the exact same formula as the first film. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, that was my big, big worry about this. Um, But then you kind of get the time travel element brought in with Cable and, it did kind of spice things up a little bit in terms of what was possible with the telling of this story. And the story is ultimately, how do we stop Julian Dennison from becoming Hitler? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Metaphorically. And what's his name in this fire fist? I, you know, he's got like a really terrible name. Because <laughs> <laughs> at one point he's laughing, right? He can't, he can't get it out without laughing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Deadpool's cracking up at his name. So yeah, I think it is fire fist. Um, I like Julian Dennison. I liked him in hunt for the wilder people quite a lot. I, I keep going back and forth as to whether or not I think he was perfect for this or if he was, I don't know, just an annoying presence in this movie for me. Mm-hmm. Like, because when you, you know, it's like in order to be evil or to be portrayed as being evil, I need to scream all of my lines. <laughs> and I just thought that was so grating after a while. I uh, I thought he was, I liked him in the scenes like, um, the earlier scenes when he's with Deadpool, when they're when he's not yelling, I think they had a nice kind of camaraderie there, and I, I, I like Julian Dennison's uh, performance there. But I I see what you mean. Yeah, the last last leg of the movie, he's very much like yell yell yell. Yeah, I think he can get away with it because he's he's a kid, so you you almost hold slightly lesser standards because he hasn't got the experience behind him. You know that that Reynolds or or, or Ronan has, um, but I actually didn't think it was a great performance. Yeah, um, and, and you know, just oh God, I feel like we're getting to this point where it's like negative, negative, negative. Everything about this movie is negative. Um, tell me if you guys agree with me on this too. Negasonic Teenage Warhead got demoted in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah, like I was very very disappointed with how much she was underutilized in this. And it felt to me like the only reason why she was on screen was so that we could keep getting another uh, Yukio, hi, Wade, yeah. moment. <laughs> um, and Colossus in this movie, although, you know, he still utilized well within the plot, my issue with Colossus in this is there's a moment early on in the first act where he thinks it's a good idea for an emotionally distressed Wade Wilson to now become an X-Man. Yeah. And I, I'm just like, are you an idiot? That you was know, very much like, like comedy logic. Like let's or, let's organize, let's orchestrate this situation so we can get some laughs. Yeah, 
And not to mention too, I don't and I don't know why, but even with the increased budget, I still don't think Colossus looks good as a CGI character. It's a little <laughs> odd. Um, I agree. Uh, I, and I think to your point about Negasonic Teenage Warhead, I think TJ Miller was also kind of underused. I don't know if it's just the writing for him wasn't as funny or the riffs. It just he felt more like strained to be there. Also, mm-hmm. I don't feel like any any returning character necessarily like up the ante. I felt like all the all the best stuff went to the new people. The focus was definitely on introducing a a, a wider universe almost for for Deadpool though like the the characters that were in the first one come back and were used however they were used but it it, it just felt like they played a secondary part to um, any new character that they introduced yeah all right something positive if you guys can recall (laughs) funniest moment in the movie for you without spoilers definitely the regeneration basic instinct (laughs) (laughs) oh dear christ (laughs) that is pretty good i do like uh the recurring joke involving dubstep uh yeah particularly (laughs) cable's reaction the first time out made me laugh pretty hard that's that's a pretty good one um and i I, and i do love that skrillex song when i love that it was used in the movie uh bangarang i think it's called right i think so that was a great setup to that too i was gonna say the regeneration scene as well but i did i i got a kick out of um the reoccurring black tom joke (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and how the Deadpool kept trying to frame Cable as a racist because no, of it. I forgot about that. Yeah, and he's like, you killed Black Tom, you racist <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> and later on, we asked to turn the music off. Then he, give him, he gives him a hard time for that, too. Yeah. Reiterate. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um, That was all really, really funny. Um, You know who really was not funny in this movie at all? And they should have just honestly taken him out. T.J. Miller. That's, yeah. Not funny. No. No. Didn't even really need to be in the movie. I don't know what purpose he served to the plot at all. And I wish, and I know that they probably thought about it, maybe. And it maybe I don't know if it just wasn't possible or if the actor said no, but... God almighty, this film would have been 10 times better if Christopher Plummer was able to somehow <laughs> be in like, that character. That would have been one of the best jokes in the film, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. That would have been. Yeah, TJ Miller, I mean, he obviously has some great lines in the first one, but like I said, he's just like, he just feels there because he was there in the first one. He doesn't have like a great line. Yeah. Doesn't really have a memorable moment. And they try recreating the the scene where like he reacts to his face and he tries to make all these comparisons to what his face looks like. And man, it just didn't land at all. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see if he pops up in number three. Yeah. All right. So let's move over now so we can get over to spoilers. Final thoughts on Deadpool two great out of 10 Oscar potential. Liam, let's start with you. I thought solid eight out of 10. Uh, I think if it's going to get recognized in any category, I think adapted screenplay, Albeit it's an outside shot, but I wait, think, really? Adapted? I, I mean, I would assume adapted. But I mean, the first film couldn't get into adapted, and now that you know we kind of know the shtick and the surprise element is gone, I, I highly doubt they'll give it a second look this time around. Yeah, I, I mean, it is, it is a, a long shot, um, granted, but I, I think, um, I think if it has any chance in any category, that's where it will go. See, now I, I got to disagree. I'm jumping ahead now, but I. You know, you don't think the Celine Dion Ashes song for best original song is their best play? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, like, for me, I mean, 
A, that's an obvious ploy at an Oscar, which I think is simultaneously brilliant on their part. Um, and B, it works within the context of the movie. And C, it's actually a pretty good song. Yeah, it's 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 not bad, is it? I, just, I feel like it's too much them putting a finger up to to the typical um, like big film theme song. Um, maybe that'll work. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, I, I think that's exactly why it will work. Um, all right, all right. So, uh, Danilo, what about you? Final thoughts? Great out of ten. Oscar potential. I agree with you on the Oscar potential for the Celine Dion song. Um, the opening credits, especially, I didn't get this vibe from the song itself until I saw it with the credits. Very like Bond esque, like where he's like they have all the Deadpool's pointing the guns at each other, and then it's like it, it was very like almost like a Daniel Craig Bond opening scene for me, uh, which was kind of funny. I don't know if that was intentional on their part. That's what I took from it. Great out of ten, I'll give it. I'll give it a seven. It was it was not as good as the first one, but I, I still had a good time. Okay, um, I definitely think this film has faults with it. I think that it gets some subtractions because of that, but also too, it does some things better than the first film did. So it gets a little bit of you know some positives from that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was debating between an eight and a seven as well, but then I thought about overall feeling and reaction walking out of the movie itself. I realized that it's not a rehash of the first one, which is a common uh, problem that sequels can run into sometimes. Mm-hmm. And also, too, I genuinely really, 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 really appreciated the framework for this movie and where it actually takes the character and those emotional beats that are contained within. With that said, I think the thing that makes this an aid for me is what is undoubtedly to me the best post credit sequence ever <laughs> good segue good segue yeah it it was incredible <laughs> i mean i was blown away by it and <laughs> i'm like i'm like kind of speechless i don't really have words for how amazing <laughs> it was uh suffice to say we'll get into that in the spoiler section because i just want to talk about it so badly um best original song is my Oscar potential for this. Um, I don't think Adapted is going to happen. If it was going to happen, it would have happened for the first one. And and it got close. You know, it got a WGA nom, which um, was somewhat telling, I suppose. I mean, they said Mm -hmm. they definitely like superhero films uh, more than the Academy does. But with Logan now finally getting through that door and getting itself a Best Adapted Screenplay nomination, perhaps now there is a bit of openness on the academy's part to let in this genre into um that field and maybe other categories as well highly doubtful but you never know okay so eight out of ten spoilers hit it you want answers i think i'm entitled you want answers i want the truth you can't handle the truth Okay, so the film opens up with this casino like opening where (laughs) You know, Deadpool blows himself up pretty much. Um, And then we, the audience, are left wondering, well, what is eventually going to happen that's going to lead him to this moment? And then we find out in the opening couple of moments that his girlfriend, Vanessa, who wants to have a baby with him. And by the way, I kept wondering, how is that baby going to come out? Is he going to, is it going to come out all figured like (laughs) Wade Wilson? I don't know. But hey, we don't even get that far because she gets shot. In the opening couple of minutes of this movie, and the opening credits, these Bond-esque opening credits, which are brilliant, 
just like in the first film, they mess around with the titles, and instead of um, where the first film they uh, kind of fooled around with people's names and their job titles, this time around the opening credits are basically like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) I am so confused. Did they really just do that? (laughs) Excellent. That was a good way. That was a good way to keep the the motif going, but but kind of change it up so it felt fresh. Right. I, I mean, like the whole stuff where um, you were saying before, Daniela, with an opening uh, fight scene in what what was it? Was it Japan? I think it was Japan. Japan or China? Yeah. Um, we have that. We have that opening scene, and we have some other moments leading up to the opening credit sequence. Um, yeah, the storytelling just felt a little clunky in the beginning for me. But like once we got there and we realized, oh, so this is where we're taking the character this time around. I was like, this is fresh. This is interesting. This is what's going to make this movie stand out. Yeah, um, her getting her getting killed definitely caught me off guard. I was like, right before it happened, I was like, would they really do this? And then, uh, you know, props to them. They did it. And I also kind of love, too, that there is this willingness on wade wilson's part to put his body through as much pain as he can possibly endure we really really see him push his limits this time around in terms of the pain the torment and the guilt you know he you realize at a certain point that he is doing this out of guilt because he feels responsible for the death of vanessa yeah and I really, really dug that uh, too this time around because it, it reminded me a lot of Wolverine and how here's this guy that's just been through so, so much and has experienced so much pain, both physically and emotionally, and he can never really die. And Deadpool himself is also going through um, that sort of uh, arc. That was something I really, really appreciated in this. That was cool to kind of physically manifest like the emotional pain. That that they definitely uh, up the ante on that, and it made it. I think it it added to to the performance. I think I think Reynolds went to some dark places, like kind of you said earlier, uh, especially in that opening scene. Didn't expect it to get that dark that early on. Definitely, but then it's kind of all undone, isn't it? A little bit. A little bit, but I, I appreciate the moment itself. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in Deadpool, you got to kind of take it from moment to moment because there's so much like levity kind of underpinning things as it goes on. Yeah, I mean, like Liam, d- does it cheapen um, that moment early on for you, knowing that Deadpool is able to use Cable's time traveling device to go back and save Vanessa? Um, no, no, it doesn't. I, I actually think doing doing what they did at the start of the film was almost made sense though i wasn't expecting it and um, because deadpool pretty much has to have his life ruined um at, at any moment um just to give him the 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 motivation to do what he does um so it, it kind of felt right that they'd kill off vanessa um and and no no i'm just, i'm not i'm i'm all right with that yeah i don't know what yeah. else to say i'm all right with that yeah i i mean i think the way they framed it was really well executed that it did not cheapen the movie uh for me either and of course, I mean, they also use it as an opportunity for him to go back and lay some bullets into the first incarnation of Deadpool on screen from X-Men Origins Wolverine. And he even makes a joke about the X-Men timeline where he's like, oh, just fixing the timelines. Yeah. And he just unloads more bullets into him. Amazing. That was pretty good. And then, dear God almighty, he goes and he kills himself. He he kills Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> reading the Green Lantern script. <laughs> oh, splatters his 
brains all over the screenplay. Holy dear God, it was <laughs> amazing. Amazing. I think I think and you mentioned this earlier, like leaving the theater with like a good a good feeling. I feel like the post credits have a lot to do with it. Those are some of the the, the funniest bits out of the whole thing. You just leave like just like they just did that. Especially the Wolverine, the, the X Men Origins one. That one killed me. I even said like walking out of this, they they should just call this movie uh, Deadpool Two: Days of Future Past. <laughs> they they literally went back and they just fixed everything that was wrong. They did. It was great. I really didn't. I the Deadpool one. I was like, oh, that's funny. They did. I did not expect the Ryan Reynolds one. Um, ab- no. to come after. No. Oh God, it was incredible. And speaking of X Men, guys, that X Men cameo. That was great. That was great too. <laughs> Did anyone notice like who was actually in the shot? Uh, I McAvoy was there, and I'm assuming mm-hmm. that was Nicholas Holt as Beast. I couldn't tell. Yeah, it was I think pretty so quick, too. But I didn't know. I couldn't tell who else was in the frame. I mean, I think Sophie Turner was there as Phoenix, right? Okay, probably that would make sense. And I saw, um, uh, what the hell is his name? Scott. Um, Ty. Who plays Sheridan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I saw him there too. It was like a blink and you miss it moment. I was almost expecting at one point uh, when he's rummaging through the halls of the mansion, I was half expecting Patrick Stewart's voice off camera to be like, shut up, you know, or something <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that. Just shove in as many as possible. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, what they did there was good enough. Um, and I, I don't know if they did it while um, the new film Dark Phoenix is filming right now. Or if that was just an insert shot, like CGI. I don't know. I don't know how they did it. Because, like I said, it happened so quick. My brain didn't have time to process and register it. It just kind of just happened. And I was like, oh, God, there's the cast. (laughs) It was was a good way to do it. I think it was a good way to do it. And also, too, like, what was the other really great cameo in it? Oh, God. Did you guys know that Brad Pitt was Vanisher? I had no yeah, idea and, was... uh, until the credits because I knew I recognized that guy because you saw him for like, what, a second, if that. Yeah, a split second when he crashes into the telephone <laughs> poles. Yeah. yeah, exactly. How odd. That was really odd. That was like, took me out of the movie. Like, what the hell? Was that Brad Pitt? You know, and I, you could see every, other people in the theater like looking at who they were with. Like, was that? It was, it was, yeah, and, that was pretty funny. And it leads me to um, the point about the X-Force, which the marketing has made such a big deal about. <laughs> you know, like, Terry Crews is in this movie. Get hype. Yeah. And they do this great job of setting up the team, explaining the powers. It's funny. And I'm getting really, really excited for Deadpool's plan and how they're going to execute this. And they all get picked off one <laughs> at a time. They all just start dying because of freaking wind. Wind in the sails of all things. Oh. God, that was a laugh out loud, hilarious joke because A, it was unexpected. B, um, the creative ways that everyone just got killed <laughs> off was really, really funny. I mean, and, and you notice too that uh, he retcons only Peter's death. Everyone else, he just yeah, lets everyone all die, but he saves Peter. <laughs> he really doesn't like, what's his name? Shatterstar. Is that his name? He's like, no, Shatterstar's kind of a dick anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but these are like actual characters from the comics that people were excited to see on screen. And they took it as an opportunity to subvert expectations and really just play a big joke on everyone. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was great too. I really liked looking back with the scene when they're on the, the, before they jump off the, the plane and he's, he gets emotional. He's like, you guys, you guys are so great. I just, I just needed this. Like, and he just like has like a heartfelt <laughs> and it, it's, it's made so much funnier by what happens right after. I think, I think what made that moment for me <laughs> was seeing 
the parachute for Vanisher <laughs> actually go off of the plane? Because <laughs> I, I kept thinking to myself, like, is there really somebody there or is there not somebody there? Like, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah. And when I saw the parachute with nobody in it jump off of the plane, <laughs> I thought that was the funniest subtle thing. <laughs> it was pretty great. He's like, you guys all look great. He's like, Vanisher, I'm sure you look great. And then, yeah, they cut to the parachute. <laughs> oh, so good. That was, And then the, the saliva, the saliva on what's his name? Who's the normal guy's name? Peter. Peter. Oh, God. God, tears. That, that gave me tears. That was so funny. Uh, what'd you guys... Uh, all right. And then the other spoiler uh, point I want to bring up, too, is ultimately, what did you guys think about, you know, the idea that in the marketing, Cable is being positioned as the villain of the movie, and he ends up becoming Deadpool's ally. And really, when all is said and done, the villains of this movie are pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which, by the way, um, that was weak. Uh, I'm sorry, but I, I love that actor. Uh, oh, God, what the heck is his name? He's in Ray Donovan, and he's in a bunch of other things. Oh, man, what's his name? The guy with the glasses? Yeah, like the, the head of the... Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the head, you know... God, what the heck is his name? Eddie Marsden. There you go. Okay. I like him as an actor. You know, he's really phenomenal, but... Dude, that was corny, and that was that was just silly. I, I I couldn't I couldn't get down with that. Like I know that they I I know that what they've done now, and this is actually kind of cool. I like that they've kind of upgraded the theme of uh, X Men being about homophobia to it now being about racism. Oh yeah, yeah, that was kind of a funny flip, yeah. Right, and I mean the two the two can be interchangeable, and you could still get across the same themes in the end. Yeah. Um. But I, I, I mean, this idea that these, uh, the, like these pedophiles are torturing and psychologically abusing the mutants, and I, you know, I started to, I, you know, it, I, the intention is there. I could see what they're trying to do and how they're trying to frame um, the message of X Men as a whole. Yeah. But I, I did not feel like the focus uh, was entirely there for this film to really hammer it home. Like, this is no X-Men 2, you know, in terms of really driving that theme home for us, you know. No, um, no This yeah. is still a silly, self-referential movie that almost is supposed to be more comedy than, you know, social justice movie. Yeah, the, the, the pedophile thing was definitely played more for laughs than I think, like, relevant commentary. Um like when him and Cable are killing all of them and he's like, only best friends would execute pedophiles together or whatever that line is. <laughs> it <laughs> felt, great, it yeah. felt very like set up for, for stuff like that. And, you know, it was funny. So, so you know, it's not that bad. Liam. Yeah, they they had you? to crowbar a, a common enemy in there, didn't they? Because, you know, as the plot turned out, the Cable the bad guy was not actually much of a bad guy and Russell who we then thought was going to be a bad guy turned out to not actually be uh, that bad after all um, so they had to have someone that they could villainize yeah I, I just thought that actually that you know that character um, being a villain was just weak it, it was just really weak for me um, so there was no real strong villain in this movie as a result although they did give us the juggernaut they did a CGI joke. And I got to ask you guys, did you guys think for a split second, because they built up the reveal of the Juggernaut, and it was awesome, 
Mm-hmm. Even though we didn't get to hear the line, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. We didn't hear that, <laughs> which was a bit of a letdown. Okay, fine. Just a bit. But did you guys think that it was going to be the Hulk? No. I, th- I, w- I thought it was going to be the juggernaut. I thought it was. Um, I didn't even consider the idea of it being the Hulk, honestly. That would have been pretty great. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't even know what that would have been like. I, I wish it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You thought it would have been better? Yeah. I mean, I did, it didn't even cross my mind when I was watching the film. But, uh, I mean, now you've put it in my head, there's nothing else to really do. That that would have been incredible. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know how it would have worked in the timeline, but I guess that's part of the funny aspect of Deadpool is that it's just like, screw the timeline. But like, yeah. no, nobody knows what the timeline is anymore, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? But either way, I mean, I mean, what we got was still pretty fine. Were you kind of hoping that it was Hulk? It was a was there part of you that was like holding out for that? Oh yeah, definitely. I was I was hoping to God it was the Hulk at one point, and then I realized, <laughs> oh wait a minute, it might be Juggernaut because that mm-hmm. is an X Men character. We haven't seen him in these movies since X Men: The Last Stand, which is a movie that I know everybody wants to erase <laughs> from our memory. Yeah, you know, so it made sense to me once they revealed it, and I and I thought to myself, all right, this could be pretty cool. But then they didn't give him the famous line, and no, I was like, "Ah!" Oh. As as a consolation prize, they did have Deadpool do the the sun's getting real low, big fella. That <laughs> was so so many people did not understand that moment, and oh my god, that I got that. That, that was a laugh out loud <laughs> moment was, for me. For me too, that was pretty great. Anything else that anybody wants to talk about in regards to Deadpool two mm. before we go? Do you think they're going to make Deadpool three more of a cable Deadpool like? thing or more of like a, a team unit than than this one was like like the way that this final See, act was this is all i'm glad that you asked this because the future of deadpool is a question that i was left wondering when i i was left wondering about when i exited the theater i we know there's going to be a deadpool 3 we know this yeah the thing is that they took deadpool to a place where he says himself i have hit rock bottom And you have to ask yourself, what other emotional stakes can you possibly introduce to the character to keep the story just as exciting um, for a third film? And the answer for me is I don't think that you can. And I think the only thing that you can do to kind of get people excited about the idea of another Deadpool movie, you have to, have to, have to bring in the X-Men. You have to have Deadpool crossover with McAvoy, Fassbender, Lawrence, all of those characters. That would be, I again, something I didn't consider. That would be pretty entertaining. And that's what I mean. That That's what would get asses in the seats and yeah. get us to go back for another movie. I feel like at this point you have to do it because my issue is I don't see how they could up the stakes for the character any more than they did by killing Vanessa. Yeah. Um, unless they're going to kill her again. I, I like to me, just there's nothing they can do. I feel like at that point. Yeah. I, that, the X-Men would be an interesting uh, angle. I, that, that's something I kind of left the theater wondering too. Like what more could they, you know, are they going to kill Julian Dennison's character? Like they're just, they can only, it, it becomes like death wish five. And like, it's just like, okay, how many people can they kill to like piss him off? Mm. Maybe we find out more about his father. Possibly. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So the- Because there is references to that. And I start wondering, are they going to do a plot twist in this where they reveal 
that somehow Cable is, you know, Deadpool's father and that he's just traveled through time and stuff. And, I, I you know, I don't know. Because then I'm like, well, wait a minute. Then why doesn't he recognize him? Or maybe he knows his father. You know, I, I have no idea. But we'll, we'll in see, terms I of guess. just other stories that they could tell with this character at this point, mm-hmm. the X-Men is the only thing that makes sense to me now. Um, the problem is this acquisition by Disney and can you ever actually have these characters interact in this universe, the Deadpool universe? Because there's no way you could do Deadpool in a PG-13 movie. You just can't. No. It, it's not possible. No. So we know they ain't going to do it that way. Are they going to have Deadpool in the MCU? Probably not. You'd have to have some MCU characters in the Deadpool universe. And, that- and once again, you know, there's a lot of kids that love these characters and you don't want to tarnish any images or, you know, yeah. get yourself into any hot water necessarily. I, I don't know. I don't know what they can do. It will be weird. And, and is I mean, the MCU kind of prides itself, I think, on the consistency of its timeline. Throwing Deadpool in the mix or throwing them in a, in a Deadpool world kind of, I don't even know what that does to the timeline. You know what I mean? It adds like continuity issues and like, I, I don't know, it could make for some kind of weird uh, unforeseen issues, I think maybe. Yeah. What do you think, Liam? Like, what was your expectation when you were like walking out the theater of what where they could possibly take this character next? It's it's a tricky one because obviously uh, Marvel love to have crossovers, but you you've got a major dilemma in that. Um, you'd have to bring any other character into a Deadpool movie and sell it as a Deadpool movie because Deadpool in any other franchise would be so watered down. Anyone that went to see it for Deadpool would probably be very disappointed. That's a good point. That's a good point. It does have to be kind of on his home turf for it to kind of be worthwhile. And then there's also the risk, I think, of it coming off gimmicky, which I don't think it has yet. Um, If we start relying on too much on like, oh, it's Deadpool meets insert hero here you know it, it, that i feel like that might run a little bit of a risk like oh they're just running deadpool out with other people yeah you also get into an issue where it starts to become maybe too episodic and just like the mcu yeah they build up to phases and they build up to like an end of a phase you know and there's like a culmination but then they leave the, it open for another you know film afterwards and there never is an end like the mcu never ends no and it's like watching television with no end season in sight people are eventually like superhero fatigue is a real thing it's just that some people have already gotten it while other people are clamoring for more and i like to think of it like the walking dead in many ways um the walking dead is a television show where it was really really great in the beginning And then there came a point where a lot of us started wondering, when is this ever going to end? What will the ending be? Mm -hmm. Are we ever going to get there? And when we realized that there is no end and that we're not building towards an end, then it just started to become episodic. And we stopped caring about these characters because it just never ends. Yeah. You know, to me, in order to tell a story with emotional investment, you need a beginning, a middle and an end. And that is how you, you know, ultimately tell a story. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I don't know what you're doing anymore, and I feel that that is the problem with the MCU. If they're able to conclude things with Infinity War Part Two for certain characters, and then they want to keep other characters going on, that's fine. That's okay. I'm a, I'm all right with that because that to me is like an evolution, and character arcs do come to an end at a certain point. Yeah, and we get new main characters. But like in The Walking Dead, the character Rick has been there since season one. And nobody else has, like, taken the mantle as the lead character and the story keeps going, you know? Mm -hmm. We've been following the same 
lead character. Okay, so now to tie this all into Deadpool, it's not like the third film, from my perspective, is building towards the end of a trilogy and this being like a three-act structure of three movies and there being a full story to be told with a character arc. It appears to me that they're going to try and make as many movies as possible and milk this for as long as they can. And that is where you know, you start running into this issue of, like what I was saying before, emotional stakes up in the ante. How do you make it better than before? It becomes much trickier. Could we possibly see uh, a series developing uh, where Deadpool almost becomes like the Iron Man of that universe? Because after the third Iron Man, he's just been cameoing in other um, ensembles and other superhero films so we we could find characters like cable and lucky start taking prominence getting their own films and deadpool comes in um and really the plan is to to have two or three deadpools and then start branching off in that direction i could see that i think i think introducing the x-force in this movie and you know this whole film having a theme of family and you know to in, in order to introduce all these new characters enables them to be able to branch off and tell the stories because I think Josh Brolin has signed like a three picture deal, really, or yeah, something he, like that. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be cable for a while. So, I guess that is what they're heading towards, Liam. I suppose. I I just don't know what that looks like and how they could keep this up. But for now, I, I for now though, as a standalone movie like Deadpool two on its own, you know, and a continuation from the first film, I dug it. Great film. I dug it. Yeah, I mean, they didn't they didn't uh, alienate me as a fan. Maybe they'll figure out that you know Iron Man Two is not the best one in the in the in the Marvel universe, but uh, Iron Man's still going. So maybe they'll figure out something kind of fresh with Deadpool moving ahead that'll kind of give them a little more longevity. All right. Well, the future looks uncertain. I don't know if it's bright, but that is the future. Not for Ryan Reynolds <laughs> at the end of this movie. Yeah, ain't that the truth? <laughs> Alrighty. So Danilo, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me at Danilo S. Castro on Twitter. Liam, where can they find you? You can get me on Twitter at this is the Hef. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Deadpool 2 on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, and also on CastBox. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. It really, really helps us out a lot to discover new listeners. And we really, really appreciate your support through our patreon page where you can donate one dollar a month you get some exclusive podcast content if you do that once again all of your feedback and support is appreciated wholeheartedly by the team over here at nextbestpicture.com thank you so much for listening we will see you all next time Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. 
purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.